And right behind us is the vault. It's 78 years yeah. old. Yeah, here, we'll take you on a, on a quick tour. So the bank was started in the 40s. This vault has been here since, I think, 1940. joining us. Kyle and I are excited to have Jay and Stacy Cornelius with First Mountain Tasting Room. Um, how are you guys? Fantastic. A beautiful day. Beautiful day in Jasper. Yeah, we're looking out over the mountains. You, you can't see this because it's on the other side of the camera, but we've got a big bay window that looks out over the mountains in downtown or Main Street, and it's, uh, it's a great place to be. Well, can you tell us a little bit? I'd, I'd never heard about First Mountain Tasting Room until, you know, we heard you guys were booked on the podcast and I was like, wow, this is a really cool place, and it's we're in Canton, but it's up, you know, Jasper's also a nice Not little growing far. area. Um, tell us a little bit about First Mountain and how you guys ended up in Jasper. It was 2020. We were thinking about different places we wanted to move when the kids all moved out. We have three kids, uh, 23, 21, and about to be 20. So this was about, I don't know, years ago. And uh, we started looking up in the mountains. I love the mountains. And you know, we stumbled upon Jasper. We sat on the benches and people walked by saying, hi, have a good afternoon. How are you? And I looked at Jay and I'm wow. Like, I love it here. It's so sweet. And, and everybody was kind. And the community really um, is tight here. We love that. And so we decided to find a place here in Jasper and plant some roots. And uh that was started in the business. Yeah. It's considered the first mountain city, which is also why we wanted to name it First Mountain Tasting Room, is okay. to pay tribute to the city. Uh, apparently, it's the very first uh, mountain city uh, north of Atlanta. So, nice. okay. Yeah, you know, I've seen that branding on the highway on 575 going up to Blue Ridge and everything there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah it's cool. Some people think it's that the this was the first city in the North Georgia mountains to be incorporated because that happened back in the late 1800s. There's some debate around that, but whether first chronologically or the first geographically doesn't really matter. The first mountain city, and uh, it's easy to see why. When you're up here, you can see the mountains. It's the first place you can be and actually see mountains 360 degrees around you, mm -hmm. state of Georgia. That's amazing. Can you guys tell us a little bit about your business and all the different options that you have? Yeah, um, we're unique in the fact that we're a hybrid uh, bottle shop and wine bar. And what that means is we've got wines from all over the world. We've got a large wall of them over here. You might be able to see it in the camera shot there. Um, you can come here and find a wine from North Georgia. You can find local wines. You can find wines from California, Italy, France, Spain, Austria, Australia, even uh, far out places like uh, Croatia and Lebanon that are making wine. We've got that full selection and you can buy a bottle and take it home with you. Or if you choose, you can open the bottle and drink it here at our bar. We also have about 50 wines available by the glass every day. We've got a menu of different uh, snack and tapas. So there's flatbreads, charcuterie boards, all of those things that go very well with wine. And so somebody can come here and if they already know what they like, fine. We probably have it on the shelf. If they want to explore, we can help them do that. Um, I've been through a, a lot of training and, and a lot of learning to, to level up my knowledge in wine. And so one of the things that we really enjoy doing is teaching people about different wines, 
um, helping them understand why they might like one thing and not another thing so that they become smarter on what they can choose. So the next time they're at some restaurant, look at the wine list. They've got confidence that they're going to pick something that everyone at the table is going to enjoy. Okay. That's so interesting. Yeah, I feel like every time I go somewhere, and even if you're in the grocery store, it's like, how do you pick a great bottle? It's like, I don't know, is it the most expensive? I've heard sometimes it's not. Um, what kind of recommendations do you guys have on picking a good bottle? Well, the I think most people understand that there's uh, 10 or 12 grapes that you can choose from. And what they don't understand is that there's over 10,000 different grapes that make wine throughout the world. And so the, I think a lot of people get caught up, too caught up in trying to pick the perfect wine when what they should be thinking about is let's just pick something that's likely to uh, fit the situation. The way that we think about doing that is a couple things. What kind of weather is going on? Who are you going to be with? What type of environment are you going to be in? If you're just going to hang out on the deck with some close friends, buy something cheap, buy something you know is going to taste good and move on. Don't overthink it. If you're trying to pair something, let's say you're cooking a big Italian meal, buy an Italian wine. Where did the food that you're cooking come from? Where did that originate? If it originated in Tuscany, buy a Tuscan wine. Don't think too much about it. There's a lot of misconceptions about wine, and I think a lot of that is because there's a long history of people trying to make wine fancy. And it's not. It's just a basic agricultural product. It's made by farmers who work really hard and it should just be enjoyed. So don't overthink it. If you have a question, buy something in your price point, write down what grape it is or where it came from. So you can remember that, oh, maybe I like this grape from this place more than this grape from other places. And that will inform your future decision making. Main thing is buy something that's in your price point. Um, and take a chance, and you, you know, there's tons of great wine out there. You're, you're probably going to find something you like. I've probably learned more in the last two or three minutes. I know. I didn't I, even know there was 11 different types of wine. I have my whole life about wine. So you started a business in 2020. Did you guys have a background in wine, or is this just something you started because you had an interest in it? Tell us about that, how you got into the wine business. Yeah, we, um, well, I guess going back almost 20 years, I had a bar um, a long time ago. So I was familiar our business and, and kind of this type of, of business in general. And as Stacy said, when we were thinking about what the next chapter of our life was going to look like, we're thinking about the kids leaving the house. We both come from a software background and we were just kind of tired of looking at screens all day. And we had uh, amassed this spreadsheet of all the wines that we enjoyed. Um, as I was saying earlier, write down the name and the place that the wine comes from and tell if you like it. That's what we did. 2020 did that, you know, uh, well, a lot of time. On <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of a nerd at art. So I decided to put all this stuff in a spreadsheet and we looked at Richie one day and there's 500 wines in there. And we thought, wow, this is a lot of information. And I just decided to dive deeper into the world of wine and learning as much as I could about it. So then when we thought about what the next chapter of our lives was going to look like, we knew we wanted to do a business that involved people. And we knew we wanted something that we could talk directly to our customers. And retail does that. And we thought retail, we love wine. And there's this beautiful place in, in Jasper that doesn't have anything like this. It just seemed like it was the, the right fit. So tell us a little bit. So you guys run the business together, correct? That's right. Again. So tell yeah. us about that dynamic and what did you have to learn? I know Jen and I had to learn a lot of stuff when we started We were ready for together. COVID. We'll, we'll but, say that. Uh, <laughs> tell us about, you know, the dynamic of working together with, in this in this fairly young business. 
Yeah, you know, I guess we're fortunate in that this isn't the first business that we've run together. We okay. had a okay. couple other businesses previous to this, and, and we've had various involvement in each other's businesses um, throughout okay. the year. This is the first one that we started and really run together. It's, it's really kind of about two things in my mind. One is over-communicate, and two is, is be clear on how you're going to divide up tasks. And we talked about this in our home. She is decor and hospitality. I am technology and maintenance. And so when it comes to anything that's got to do with changing a ceiling fan or updating the Wi-Fi, that's my department. If there's anything involved with the furniture, the decorations, like how we, you know, what we're cooking for dinner for guests and all those kind of things, that's her department. And we, we had this thing that uh, uh, we came up with a long time ago. And it's a, it's a very simple phrase. It's, I trust you to make that decision. And we default to whoever's department that might be, they get to make that decision and you have to be okay with it. And we can discuss whether or not that's a good choice, but ultimately if it's a, a hospitality or decor or anything related to do with, with PR, public relations, customer service, that's Stacy's swim lane. <laughs> and she makes those choices. I can have my opinion on those choices, but ultimately it's up to her. And he has to be okay with it. And I have to be okay with it. And I Okay, with light fixture that he chooses that I may not particularly care for. <laughs> and it, well, and when it comes down to uh, finance and operations and kind of the nitty gritty spreadsheet related stuff in the business, that's my department. And so she's okay with my decisions. It, you know, we trust each other to make decisions for the things that we're good at. I recognize that she is a lot better than me in a lot of ways. And she recognizes that I'm better than her in, at some things. And we trust each other to make decisions in those areas. I think we're still kind of figuring some of that out. <laughs> yeah. it's, still, it's still a practice that we have to practice every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's not foolproof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the hardest thing is turning it off at night when you get home yeah. and you're relaxing and maybe it's after dinner and you're sitting around and you're, you know, you're starting to kind of unwind from the day. It can be very easy as a business owner, regardless of whether or not you're in the business together to go and start thinking about business again. And so we remind each other constantly, it's like, stop, that's a business thing. We're trying to unwind. We can talk about that tomorrow. And so it's if, if we have a way to make sure to remind each other that it's time to turn that off, let's be, let's be you know, our relationship now, and we can do business things later. As long as both people respect that and respect those boundaries, then it, it can work. Yeah, that's kind of what we want to talk about, too, on balancing family and work life. Um, what are some tricks and things like that that you guys have learned over the years? Well, so our hours are like Wednesday through Sunday, and we're up here during that time, during the day and the evening when we're open. And Mondays and Tuesdays are our sacred days, so that's our weekends. And sometimes things creep in. Business-wise, that has to happen on a Monday or Tuesday because the rest of the world operates Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. So, but we we are pretty diligent about making sure that that's our time because, again, we're in front of people. So we're constantly talking to people. You know, social batteries wear down by Sunday. <laughs> and today is the day where we just need to recharge. And, and Tuesday, we start kind of coming out of that and talking about a little bit of the business, you know, but... Mm -hmm. 
but it is our, our sacred time. And that's, that's the balance that we have to have. We're still trying to figure out um, enough time to get to the gym. We're, what, how many months in now? A year and a half? Almost two years? Into the business? Yeah. No, almost two years. Yeah. February will be two years. So still trying to figure out um, how to get time in to exercise, um, take trips. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we're, again, still just trying to figure it out as we go, but making a point to do it. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that's key for us is just trying to set aside that time and even just like you said, shut it off because, you know, our business is 24-7 and luckily we can kind of manage it from remotely, but yeah, it's still hard to find time when you're, even if you're connected to the phone when you're on vacation. We've even had, I think our most recent vacation. Everything happens on vacation. Yeah, everything happens when you're on vacation or everything happens when you're trying to be out of the office. So we had... You know, things just pop up and you got to you gotta deal with it right then. Even if you're, like, for example, for me, I'm standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon and dealing with a crisis. That happened, that happened back in July. So, um, yeah, those things, those things pop up. So, Yeah, and another thing that, that I've learned in, in previous businesses and that we are applying here is you have to have a good team to handle the tasks that are um, just the day-to-day thing so you can focus on the bigger picture. And make time for yourself. So, and we're fortunate in that we, we've got a good team here. We've got good bartenders, good staff. They know what to do. They know what our expectations are. And they do it. And those people can be very hard to find. So we're very fortunate that we have a good team. And I think that was made very clear to us when uh, relatively recently we got called out of town on short notice. And the team had to pick up the slack for things that was completely unplanned. And they did and they didn't call us and they, they handled things. They may not have handled it exactly the way that we would have handled it if we would have been here, but it got done totally within uh, our expectations. And so to have that as a benefit, uh, as an asset for the business is, is just tremendous. That's awesome. I think that's so key. We've been doing the same thing as we've grown. We've hired an operations manager, an HR manager, and we recently hired an administrative assistant and the way we are, I'm kind of like, I want as many people knowing how to do as many things as we can, yeah. to like have overlap, you know, our, our HR manager, she's been doing payroll, but she was going out of town. So then I wanted, you know, our administrative assistant to be familiar with that, to help out. So yeah. I think having people on your team is so key, like you said, to be able, if something comes up, you know, things can still keep rolling. I want to ask this, this is a question that just popped into my mind, but how do you guys manage, you know, maybe sharing how much you share with the your employees about the business. I think because yeah. I think we found it too is maybe you share a little bit more about what's actually really going on with the business. I think it gives the employees sometimes a little more like a ownership picture. or bigger picture of that. So how do you guys balance that with your employees, with everything? This is one place where we differ a little bit. Stacy is much more empathetic and, and much more... Um, the mom. The mom, Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, uh, much more social than I am. I sh- maybe that's a better way to put it. And so she tends to share more personal and private things in general with everybody than I do. I'm more of a private person. And that reflects itself in the business as well. And so we have uh, don't always agree on how much should be shared, but we know where each other's boundaries are. And so we know that we're going to share, for example, financials is a thing that a lot of people get concerned about. How is the business doing financially? And we share those big picture things with the team, but we don't share every little detail. Uh, 
when it comes to operations or HR, or, you know, maybe something that happened with a customer, Stacey actually handles most of those conversations. And I think she does a fantastic job with it. And that, again, goes back to that thing I said earlier, that's her swim lane. So I have to trust her to make those decisions. We have shared with our staff has helped them feel comfortable. Um, they they want us to succeed more. They they have more input. They love the fact that we actually ask them questions and they're like, oh, wait, you want to know what I think about that? So, yeah, we're a family. We're we're a pretty close knit family here. And well, our daughter's in. She's one of the bartenders, too, so there is family. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, they just, both Anna and Monashai um, have said to us, I've never worked for somebody before who actually allows me to have an opinion and wants oh, wow. how I feel about the business and what I think could be better about it. So that transparency of, you know, Jay and I are just Jay and I. And yeah, we started a business and everything, but you know, we're we're not all up here. We're all a team and playing together. And I think that is what sets us apart from a lot of different places. Uh, is that we all feel like we have um, a, a solid team in place and a plan, and we adjust it and we're flexible. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's a uh, yeah. I think a lot of workplaces can develop an unhealthy um, notion of its management versus employees or its ownership versus employees. And I, I, I can't disagree with that more. We're all on the same team yeah. and we all need each to participate to succeed. And going back to answering your question about information sharing, you know, we're pretty open about how we make the decisions, why we make the decisions, um, the criteria we use and, and what our goals are, we communicate those goals to the team and we make every decision with those goals in mind. And the team can see that. We involve them in that process a little bit. So they then buy into it and they believe that we're doing things for the right reasons. That's nice. Yeah, we really try to do that too. I think giving ownership um, with Brittany, our administrative assistant, I had this this project and I needed her help and I was just kind of like, let's see what you come up with kind of thing. And and she really took it away and did a great job. And I think giving them ownership of, of tasks like that. And I'm sure you guys have similar things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're training one of the bartenders up now to be the bar manager and she's, she's, she's can, I, can I come in and not clock in so I can do this? I'm like, no. Thank you for being here. But we're excited that you want to learn. And I think yeah, the one Department of Labor may not like that one. <laughs> the one key thing is is that none of these uh, bartenders had any prior wine knowledge whatsoever. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah, so they had service knowledge, but not wine knowledge. Correct. So they've yeah they were in the service industry and things, but no wine knowledge. And now they can confidently talk about the wines with our customers. Jay takes the time to train them up. We do staff meetings once a month. We talk about the wines. We taste the wines. You know, they're here for the tastings that we do as well. So they're listening to Jay talk about them, distributors talk about them. Sometimes the winemakers come in from different regions and talk about the wines. So they've really learned a lot just being in the atmosphere and to listen to them, then talk to our customers confidently and help guide them to, because a lot of people say, oh, I like red wine. And it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of red wines. 
So let's, let's talk about your profile. You know, do you like sweet? Do you like this? And just to kind of stand back and watch that happen. That's the mom in me. I'm like, oh, makes you so proud. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they've learned a lot. And actually two of them are getting ready. Well, they're doing it right now. They're training for their WSET1 certification. And then our daughter and myself will be doing ours in December. But Jay's Jay's the the big uh, WSET guru. What is that? Is that a... Is it like a wine certification? Wine Spirit Education Trust. It's a formal education program for sommeliers or people in the wine industry. Um, think of it as like getting a master's degree in wine. Nice. And so level one is kind of the basics. It's, there's wine 101, which is how is wine made generally? Where does wine come from? And then you get into more and more detailed knowledge and as you progress all the way up to the highest certification there is, which is called Master of Wine, which is like a double PhD in wine, you have to know things like they ask you questions about how does the difference in uh, the soil in Salta, Argentina from Mendoza, Argentina, <laughs> of the flavor of tannins in the finish of a Malbec that was produced in the late 2000s? And you have to know that. Oh my goodness. Like the crazy wow. amount of information that's out there. It's a never ending amount of, of information because every year is new. You know, the weather changes, you're growing different grapes in different parts of the world. So these things change all the time. And to stay on top of that requires a lot of, of, of intense study. So they are just beginning that. Um, they really began that when they started here, but going through the WSET program is an official globally recognized certification that once they achieve their level one certification, that puts them in a class of, you know, maybe 100,000 people on the planet that have that level of knowledge. And then you go up to level two, level three, and then level four. Um, at level four, you've achieved what they call the diploma, which is like a, a master's degree in, in wine. And then you can uh, elect to pursue your master of wine certification, which takes an additional four to five years of study and you have wow. to defend a dissertation in front of other masters of wines. It's, it's a lot of work. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, you wow. know, it's, that's still really cool. I can see why people would want to work. You're investing in them. They get to drink wine, to mm-hmm. learn about it. And uh, it's, that's be a fun place to work. So I wanted to ask a little bit too about the market. And, you know, did you guys have to do, when you, you opened up shop and you started doing tastings and selling, did you have to do a lot of, is there a lot of marketing involved, especially being in Jasper? kind of a little, a little bit out there. Um, just how did you guys get your business established and get the word out about First Mountain? She's the marketing lady. <laughs> uh, really, the first thing that was important to us was to get plugged into our community. So the Chamber of Commerce, um, uh, Rotary, things like that. So meeting people, um, talking to people about it, uh, getting involved was, was key. Uh, next part of that would be, I would say, the social media part. Uh, we realized that Facebook is very, very popular up here. It's an older community. It's a, so more of a retirement type community up here towards the mountains. Um, so they love Facebook. <laughs> and the younger folks who live here, their 30s and 40s, they're more Instagram. Uh, so learning how to maneuver all of those platforms and, and uh, postings and reels and stories and things like that uh, was key to building our business. Facebook grew a lot faster. Obviously, people were sharing a lot more things. And then it was just a little bit of uh, advertising and you know, uh, local 
paper, things like that, just kind of get learning out. And then it was really word of mouth. So uh, now that we've been in business for a year and a half, I've joined several other organizations that have also helped um, and promote us. We just got done doing a big wine festival in Big Canoe, which which was, yeah, greatly attended. And we got lots of feedback that was wonderful. And so we're excited. We've been invited to do it again next year. And uh, so, yeah, kind of just word of mouth. And um, by that word of mouth, the, our locals here uh, have been been a huge support. Almost two years now in business. Uh, what are your plans for First Mountain? Are there plans to, you know, you're saying just going to grow this business here? Do you want to expand? What are, you, what are you looking at doing? Well, we definitely want to stay uh, on Main Street in Jasper. It's a fantastic community. Um, we love it here. And we'd like to see this business grow and and really help create, uh, you know, a, th a thriving downtown for, for Jasper. We've also been approached by a number of people about opening locations in other places. So we're considering franchising or considering investing in those other locations to, to create, you know, a couple more spots people can go. And that's a few in Georgia and some in North Carolina. Uh, we're also always expanding our wine club. We've got people who are members. They live all over the state. There's even some members who live out of state. Um, every month they get three bottles of wine and um, we select those. I, I, those are Somalia selected wines every month. And I, I put a lot of time into choosing those wines and getting those to our customers. So we'll continue to grow that. Uh, I think the main thing is that we want to stay focused on small communities and Jasper is number one. Yeah, we love it here. We're in this community and we've, we've met so many wonderful people that uh, we really want to see this city thrive. And we believe that, you know, us being here and supporting the other local businesses around us is the way to make that happen. Awesome. Well, I think we're almost out of time, but um, what's a great way for people to get in touch with you, um, social media, anything like that? Yeah, the website's probably the easiest, firstmountaintasting.com. And then from there, you can find all the socials where Facebook, Instagram, all the social things. We, we have all of them. Um, feel free to send us an email. I'm JC at First Mountain tasting.com and stacy at firstmountaintasting.com uh, come see us on main street jasper we're right downtown on main street right across from the courthouse if you get to main street jasper you'll find us within 90 seconds it's you won't, you won't have any problem finding us uh, the big blue building right across from the courthouse and one cool fact we're in the old jasper bank and right behind us is the vault it's 78 years yeah, old. yeah here we'll take you on a, on a quick tour so the bank was started in the 40s. This vault has been here since, I think, 1947, I believe it was. It's 70-something years oh, old. Wow. wow, that's cool. You can see, well, we've got pictures of you know a lot of our guests who come in. These are all regulars, people that love us. And you can see how thick these vault walls are. This is 22 oh, inches. So inside wow. there is where we have all of our high-value wines and rare wines. So you can see that we've got... We've got cigars, we've got wines. This is all California, and then we have Italy. We get into France over here, and this is more France, and then we get into uh, Australia, uh, Argentina. So we've got wines from all over. And if we go back outside here, then you Please can see- Please tell me lock the vault at night. That would be so cool. <laughs> this is, this is the, the major part of the wine selection. So we've got wines from all over the world, and then right here, We've got our selection of local wines. This is all the stuff from North Georgia. And then 
We turn around here, we've got a little seating area where you can get comfortable with some friends, open a bottle of wine and have a great conversation. Awesome. I gotta ask, have you, have you tasted all the wines that you have in? Every wine that comes into this shop is personally tasted and selected by me. So yes, I've tasted every single one of them. And if you're awesome. not a big wine person, we do have local craft beers on tap too. That's right. So we support the local. All right. Any other events you have coming up that you want to talk about? Get We've got tastings that happen all the time. All the events are always posted on the website. We talk about them on social media. We typically do one or two tastings. Uh, we, sometimes it's a couple a week. We always do tastings uh, on weekends. We have a dinner that we do the last Thursday of every month where we have a five-course dinner with five wines that's paired. We've always got specials going on, especially around the holidays. We've got things for Thanksgiving, Christmas. Come get gift baskets. Uh, you know, there's there's never yeah there's never a bad time to come by. We've always got something going on. All right, well, very cool. Well, uh, Stacy and Jay, thank you so much for being on the show this week. We learned a lot about wine, learned about how you're growing, and learned about how you two are managing this business together in marriage. So, thank you for being on the show. And um, every- all of our guests, yeah. if you like what you heard, please like and subscribe. See you next time.